Thank you for listening to the Move the Stairs podcast. I'm Diane Mulligan with my colleagues Sarah Beatty and Jordan Sherman. And you may be wondering, what does Move the Stairs mean? It's our philosophy, how we look at every challenge as an opportunity. When you move the stairs, you take the steps other people might not. Creating customer loyalty, nurturing great relationships with the media, and building a resilient CBD hemp and medical marijuana brand. Over the next 20 minutes or so, we'll talk with the brightest minds, the savviest business leaders and reporters in the CBD, hemp, and medical marijuana space. You'll learn how Brand Protection PR can help your CBD, hemp, or medical marijuana business stand head and shoulders above your competitors. And you'll be on your way to making the most of any challenge. That's what we call Move the Stairs. Let's get started. Welcome to the Move the Stairs podcast. We are so glad to talk to you today. We're doing podcast 70 and we're recording on August 26th, 2022. And um, our, our colleague Sarah Beatty is not going to be with us today, but we have a fabulous guest and we can't wait to get to it. Yeah, it's exciting. We're going to be speaking with Jonathan Miller of Frost Brown Todd Law Firm. He is general counsel to the U.S. Hemp Roundtable, and he's going to talk with us about the upcoming 2023 Farm Bill. MNC, as you may or may not know, is a proud member of the U.S. Hemp Roundtable, so it's going to be a really exciting conversation today, Diane. It certainly is. You know, we always talk about our, our three pillars, and the first one is building customer loyalty. And, you know, um, knowing what's coming down the pike and being able to talk about what we expect specifically with the Farm Bill 2023, is going to be really important for all of our listeners. And, and Jonathan's going to really give us the background and give us some great information about it. Yeah, we're going to talk about what kinds of questions Jonathan thinks he's going to get from media members. And we'll discuss what media you could be targeting as a hemp or CBD business owner uh, once the new Farm Bill information, uh, or in who you could be targeting with that information from the new Farm Bill. Um, we call this insider media relations. And of course, the third pillar is always building a resilient brand and looking at what's coming up like six months down the pike, three to six months. So we're going to ask Jonathan about that as well. So let's get to it. Um, hi, Jonathan. How are you? I'm great. How are you all doing? We're great. Thank you for coming on the Move the Stairs podcast today. We really appreciate it. Tell us a little bit about you. Well, I'm a recovering politician. I was the state treasurer of Kentucky for two terms. I I ran for governor and the people of Kentucky overwhelmingly decided that I should be in the private sector. Uh, started uh, practicing law and uh, uh, kind of stumbled into uh, the hemp world. Uh, was asked to help uh, efforts to legalize hemp in Kentucky. That grew to um, uh, legalizing hemp on the federal level. And uh, in the process, we created uh, the U.S. Hemp Roundtable, which is the uh, industry's national advocacy organization. and. In my private practice at Frost Brown Todd, I advise clients on the hemp laws that I help write. So it's uh, I, I like to joke that uh, um, I, um, I, when I, I was so old when I started practicing law again that I had to invent a whole new area of law to practice. So uh, that's where we stand. <laughs> Well, I, I love how you have that, you know, down to a science, Jonathan, um, you know, and it's got to be really helpful, too, in, in having that in-depth background with law and then being able to say, OK, I can represent you when it comes to, uh, to this type of um, niche area in law, too. So and, and that's, you know, education is huge, especially when it comes down to important issues like CBD and hemp. 
um, just because there's so much gray area still, it seems. And, you know, if you can be educated with CBD hemp medical marijuana, uh, it's really important in building and showing that you have that education to build trust and loyalty um, with customers. So, Jonathan, without further ado, let's just get down to what is in right now the farm bill that's coming up in 2023. So the farm bill right now is going through uh, um, a series of hearings. Um, there will be hearings on the House side and, and hearings on the Senate side. And uh, the farm bill is the, the uh, mammoth piece of legislation that uh, is passed every five years that not only uh, deals with uh, farm subsidies and tax credits and uh, agricultural programs. It also funds the food stamp program, which is uh, one of the largest components of that. In, in the last two farm bills, the 2014 farm bill and the 2018 farm bill, hemp uh, really got its kickstart. In, in 2014, we had uh, the pilot program uh, regime started, and then 2018, uh, we've had uh, full legalization. Now in 2023, we are hoping to uh, help really refine uh, what's happened over the last several years, uh, improve uh, the regulatory structure for, for hemp, and also deal with one of the real nagging problems right now, which is the FDA's unwillingness so far to regulate CBD. And uh, we are hopeful that in the Farm Bill next year that uh, the FDA will be uh, instructed to regulate CBD uh, for ingestible purposes. That's really interesting to see kind of the evolution of how, you know, where hemp was you know, way back in 2014, just kind of initially getting that kickstart and then where we are today and having to say, all right, we've got it in place. Now let's really dial this in. So what do you think are the top priorities to focus on um, when people need to inform their customers about what's happening, not just politicians, but their consumers too? And when should they be reaching out to their local consumers or local politicians? They should be reaching out now, and they should be um, uh, asking their members of Congress, um, number one, to uh, support legislation to uh, ensure that the CBD is, is legally recognized and regulated, but also to kind of to help deal with some of the other issues that we're going to be fighting for in, in the Farm Bill. Uh, one example is we'd like to see the uh, uh, convicted felon ban uh, that uh, currently is uh, keeps the folks that have committed a drug felony uh, from uh, getting a hemp license. We, we believe that uh, if you paid your time, you ought to be able to grow a completely legal crop. And so my, what I encourage people to do is check out our, the Roundtable's website. It's really easy, hempsupporter.com. You'll see all of the different initiatives that we're, we're uh, advocating for. But more importantly, um, if you type in your name and, and zip code, um, you will be able to instantly send messages to your members of Congress and in some cases your state legislators. Even if you don't know who they are, uh, we will know by your zip code and uh, it will populate a message that we ask you to personalize. But, you know, I, as a former politician, again, I know how important it is to hear from my constituents and, and uh, they really do listen when you reach out to them. You know, Jonathan, that's really important to, to know that it's so easy to be able to find out who to talk to and how to talk to them. But especially as a former politician, you told a story at the Southern Hemp Expo while you were on a panel there last week that really intrigued me, where you talked about the impact of people taking the time to actually reach out to the legislators, legislators because I think that sometimes they think, I'm just one person, it doesn't mean that much. But that's not true, is it? Yeah, no, the, the one thing that uh, uh, is consistent among um, politicians whether they're liberal or conservative or somewhere in between, 
is that uh, they want to be reelected, uh, and right. uh, they also want to serve their constituency. So when they hear from their constituents, when they hear from people that actually will vote them in or out of office, it, it matters to them. You know, we we gave I gave one example at that conference uh, that uh, was really probably the, the biggest one that we've seen. That during the d debate over the 2018 farm bill, um, there was uh, a moment where. Uh, the uh, senator from Iowa had proposed an amendment to the Farm Bill that would have made CBD illegal. Um, senator McConnell, who is our, our top supporter when it comes to these issues, uh, his chief of staff called me. I was on the runway of, uh, of, a, of an airport uh, uh, and uh, said, told us this was happening. And we instantly engaged our hemp supporters in an effort to uh, try to defeat that amendment. 30,000 emails were sent. Uh, that's 300 for each Crazy. senator, and uh, and by the next morning, uh, the amendment was withdrawn. Uh, and so, uh, when when we're united, when we have a common voice, when we have a real cause, we really make a difference. So, uh, I, I really do on, on every issue encourage uh, your your listeners to uh, take the time to uh, uh, email their congressmen and senators and their state legislators. And again, at hempsidwater.com, we make that really easy. Just Sarah, that's a powerful story. Um, I, and I, I think if you ask the average person, um, you, you alluded to it earlier, they may not think that they have that voice and it, that, that impact, but it absolutely works. And, there, and there's absolutely power in numbers. So I, thank you so much for sharing that story, Jonathan. Um, really quick, it, you may or may not know, but at MNC Communications, uh, we're all former journalists. So that experience helps us prep our clients to take advantage of every single media opportunity that pops up, whether they want to take advantage of it or they don't. Um, and that really helps them position themselves as industry leaders and experts who can give really great interviews like you're giving right now. <laughs> we call that insider media relations. And you know, Jonathan, I'm just wondering when you think about the media outlets that had the most impact on the politicians and, and you're thinking about where you know, our, our listeners and our viewers should think about reaching out as, as the farm bill, as, as they get the notifications that these are important things that are going on with the farm bill. What are some of those outlets that you that you think about? Well, I, I guess I divide them up into three categories. First of all, there is the, uh, what you would call the, the hemp press. Um, there are um, journals that are either devoted completely to hemp um, uh, Hemp Industry Daily is an example uh, of that, uh, um, but then there are uh, larger units that have um, uh, specific hemp reporters. Uh, Politico, for example, has a, a cannabis uh, newsletter that's uh, quite influential. And so we, um, we, we make sure that every time we have a, a mission or a campaign that uh, we're, we're focused on, on that. Second, you know, when we're dealing with the um, uh, Congress, there is inside the Beltway Press, uh, and so there are um, there are a number of journals. Again, Politico is one of them, but Punchbowl and, and uh, um, the Washington Post, and, and, and you name it, in, inside the Beltway, the Hill, uh, Roll Call. These are all folks that uh, members of Congress and their staffs read daily, and so getting our message into their inboxes is uh, is a very targeted way of doing that. Then there's the more general press, and it's. Uh, it's, uh, it doesn't happen too often, uh, but uh, for example, when the FDA held a hearing on CBD, uh, I was interviewed by uh, the New York Times uh, you know, with an NPR 
Interview, uh, we were the Wall Street Journal, you name it. Uh, all of the big uh, magazines were, uh, and, and uh, news organizations were covering that. And, and that's rare. That only happens uh, when there's really big news. But uh, we find it really important to keep those contacts and, and letting uh, folk, reporters at those places know that, uh, you know, when, when the time comes when something big happens, we're, we're on hand to, to comment. I think you you may have already answered this a little bit, or maybe I'm I'm drawing from your previous answer. But in your opinion, does media coverage influence lawmakers? You mentioned kind of the Beltway media press, but I'm also thinking too when lawmakers are home and watching news yeah. coverage in their in their home cities and home states. Yeah, you make a really good point. Uh, you know, it's it's tough for us as a um, as a as a hemp organization. We're not a we're not a huge uh, big farmer with hundreds of millions of dollars to spend to be able to get uh, press releases out to every local um, journal across the country. But uh, when there is a particular member of Congress uh, or a senator uh, who is quite influential, who is uh, someone that we, whose support we really need, that's when we target focus uh, the newspapers and TV stations and radio stations in his or her district. Um, that is ever more important to them. Again, they uh, their staffs read Politico and, and, and The Hill, uh, but their constituents read the Topeka Daily Journal and the, the Boise Advocate. And, uh, and so when it's time to uh, really uh, try to influence a particular member of Congress going to their local media, and, and again, they, they really care because this is now all of their constituents reading something. And uh, if it's bad news, they want to keep it away. And if it's good news, they want to amplify it. You know, I think that's such good information that you really can reach the politicians that way. But I think you can also um, get a, a double bang for your buck. And we're always looking for ways to save our CBD, CBD business owners or hemp business owners um, the time as well as money. And so I always think, OK, if, if I'm going to do one thing. What would be the best thing to do if I'm um, if I'm a business owner listening to this podcast in this situation? Do you think it makes more sense to reach out to local media, or do you think that you get more bang for your buck in industry press? Um, you know, I guess it's a, it's a I'd say both, um, and uh, but it depends on on that issue. And so if you're if you're trying to reach consumers um, in your jurisdiction, then the, then the local press is, is going to be more effective. If you're trying to uh, reach uh, potential um, uh, business partners and, and uh, you know, wholesalers and uh, potential companies that you're going to do business with, then it's going to be uh, the industry press. Um, but, um, you know, uh, we, we at the USM Roundtable, you know, generally do all of the above. Um, and, uh, uh, now that we're, you know, in, a, in an era where, uh, where we're not having to actually call every individual reporter, but we can send emails and, and target emails, it, it allows us to, uh, to have a, a more shotgun approach. That's a really, um, it's an interesting way to look at it, Jonathan. And I'm curious, I just, I literally just thought of this, but can you, do you have an example of a time where um, the Hep Brown table said, hey, this is a, this is an area that we absolutely have to reach. We are going to reach out. Maybe you already mentioned it because you mentioned the Topeka Daily News and I think the Boise um, Advocate. Um, was there a time where the Hemp Industry Roundtable said, hey, this is a city we need to get into to make sure that our message is told? 
Yeah, and by the way, if you're if you're listening in from Topeka and Boise, I just made up those names. So I <laughs> um, you can so, tell we're not from there either. Then, <laughs> but but yes, um, we um, are the committee that uh, that oversees um, the the FDA and, and thus will make final decisions on how the FDA would regulate CBD is led by a, uh, uh, a chairman from uh, uh, New Jersey, uh, the, the Jersey Shore, and uh, by a, um, a ranking member, Republican leader uh, from uh, rural East Washington State. And uh, we have spent uh, particular attention on uh, getting out op-ed pieces and uh, other media advisories uh, to uh, the uh, uh, journals in their uh, districts. Uh, so again, uh, it will not only um, get their attention, but also stimulate the activity among um, the, their constituents to ultimately try to talk to the congressman about getting action done. All right. Well, our, our final part of the uh, conversation, uh, Jonathan, is we talk about brand resiliency, and that's because we know that CBD hemp medical marijuana business owners are always constantly on the lookout for ways that they can strengthen their strengthen their business, weather threats uh, to the reputation and their bottom line. So we help clients find the opportunity in every challenge, help them polish their reputations along the way and prepare for the unexpected. And that's what we call and consider being a resilient brand. So you're so well-versed in the potential outcomes for legislation. Um, when do you think we could finally see these potential outcomes and what's the best possible outcome that could happen? Um, let's take for CBD, for example. Yeah. So the best possible outcome for CBD to happen would be uh, that uh, the FDA would begin to uh, regulate it as a dietary supplement and as a food and beverage additive. Um, there are efforts going on during uh, this uh, session of Congress uh, to amend um, uh, appropriations bills, bills that uh, must pass, that uh, uh, authorize the government to spend money, uh, to uh, instruct the FDA to issue a policy of formal enforcement discretion on CBD. So it would uh, tell the FDA, the FDA would have to say, listen, we are not going to go after CBD while we figure out its regulatory structure. Hopeful that happens this year. Um, but uh, regardless, our, our ultimate goal is to get final legislation passed to actually demand a, a regulatory pathway. And uh, that's the farm bill. That, that's what we hope to attach to the farm bill. And that uh, uh, we'll, uh, we'll have to pass next year. It might not uh, happen until December of 2023. It, it happened in 20, December of 2018. Um, so um, that, that really is kind of the, the ultimate uh, backstop for us. And what is it on the other side that kind of keeps you up at night? What are the things that we should prepare for? You know, prepare for the worst, hope for the best, always. Um, what are the things that you are worried about with this? I mean, the status quo is, is what worries me. Um, the fact that uh, we're not being regulated uh, has a lot of uh, harmful results. Uh, we've got farmers that uh, are getting crushed because the prices of CBD have crashed. We've got consumers who aren't being protected uh, because there's no regulation. And now we've got uh, a burgeoning industry coming up uh, of um, intoxicating um, hemp products that um, uh, sometimes are, are produced in ways that are harmful to uh, public health. Other, other times they're getting in the hands of kids uh, who uh, shouldn't be getting them. And, uh, and all of this would be solved if we get uh, the FDA to come in and regulate. And so that's why we're really 
fiercely fighting for for that and, and we'll continue to do so until we have uh, that regulation in place. So other than the farm bill over the next three to six months, uh, if you had to pick one other piece of legislation that hemp CBD business owners really need to be paying close attention to that could either help them or hurt them, what would that be? I'd say the Safe Banking Act. Um, and uh, that is a, a, not just a hemp bill, but also would provide uh, for um, assurances that uh, banks and other financial institutions can do business with uh, cannabis uh, businesses. Um, we, we've seen a, a lot of uh, disruption and, and struggles for particularly uh, uh, smaller and minority-owned businesses trying to get capital, trying to even put money into a, a bank account. Um, and the Safe Banking Act would fix that. Safe Banking Act has uh, enormous bipartisan support in Congress, but it hasn't been able to get through the Senate for a variety of political reasons. Uh, the, the folks on the far right thinks it goes too far, and the folks on the far left don't think it goes far enough. So we are very hopeful that uh, by the end of the year that uh, we'll come up with a Goldilocks uh, compromise and make sure that uh, the Safe Banking Act uh, protects uh, businesses. But again, uh, we could use your help. Go to hempsupporter.com and, and uh, email your senators to let them know how important this is to get passage here. And now we know from your story at the top how much impact you can actually have and that it really is worth your time. So thank you. This has been a great interview, Jonathan. Jonathan Miller from Frost Brown Todd, and he is also general counsel for the U.S. Hemp Roundtable and, and just um, all things hemp. And if you go to hempsupporter.com, I, there's a tremendous amount of information there. We're, we're so proud to be part, to be members um, of the roundtable. And thank you, Jonathan, for your, for all your info today. We really appreciate it. Thanks so much for having me. You bet. Wow. That was great. I, I was so impressed with the, the different things he talked about, you know, especially the fact that it really does matter um, for you to not only participate but we know that becoming a trusted authority and, and keeping educated, being aware of what's going on is so important, but then taking that next step and, and going out and writing to your Congress people. And, and I have to say, HEPA supporter makes it so easy to do that. So that's a, that's a great place to go. No kidding. Uh, 30,000 emails uh, <laughs> going out is quite a statement, especially, and I'm sure politicians are, you know, their inboxes are probably pretty full anyway, but when you have your staff looking at the uh, similar concerns coming right. in all at the same time, that makes a huge difference. And I, I have to agree. Um, Jonathan talked about importance of media too. And Diane, uh, you know, we're all former journalists. I love how he just, he got right down to the point of it and said, listen, there's industry press, there's your local press, but there's also this special segment called the Beltway Press. And, and that's what um, politicians and their staffers are paying attention to almost daily. And I love how he talked about um, how they will have campaigns that'll be targeted toward um, industry people, um, Beltway people, or in some cases, uh, the local media and the districts where these influential Congress uh, people live so that their constituents are seeing that message. I think that's brilliant and just a great way to um, deploy a, a great media tactic. It is, and it's great to know that if you get the phone call, for instance, on the farm bill as a business owner, because you really positioned yourself as a thought leader and you're not quite sure, you're, you're not sure you're the right person to talk about, you can always send the reporter 
to the U.S. Hemp Roundtable, and they will be able to speak as well. So not only will they support you with the information, but they can also um, continue because, you know, those reporter stories, they're always going to look to personalize. They're always going to want to know who does it impact. And so your business can be the one that's highlighted while the nuts and bolts of what's going on. You could always call the U.S. Hemp Roundtable and they'd be able to give that part of the interview. So that's pretty cool. I also loved on the brand resilience, how he gave us the best possible scenario um, which would, of course, be that the farm bill would pass. And, of course, the farm bill is also going to change numerous times before we get to that final bill. Um, but he also talked about that Safe Banking Act and how we have to be prepared for that as well. And we need to make sure that we understand these things um, that are coming up in the next six months to a year and, and how, from our business standpoint, we're going to be able to talk about them because that really builds brand resilience as well as how it's going to affect the business bottom line. Absolutely. So all in all, this is a great conversation and we have to thank Jonathan Miller again from Frost Brown Todd uh, for joining us today. He's the general counsel for the U.S. Hemp Roundtable. MNC is a proud member of the U.S. Hemp Roundtable uh, as well. So thank you, Jonathan, again, for joining us on the Move the Stairs podcast today. And thank you for listening. We hope you'll join us again soon for our next all-new episode of the Move the Stairs podcast. Until next time. Thank you again for listening to the Move the Stairs podcast. You may be wondering where the phrase Move the Stairs comes from. It's my life's mantra and MNC's commitment to our clients. It's a nod to a defining moment in my television news career. You know, in news, you have to be first with the story, no excuses. And one night I had to get the first TV news interview with a senatorial candidate after he accepted the nomination on stage. I noticed the stairs leading off the stage were taking the candidate directly to my competitors. But what could I do? So I looked around and I noticed the stairs were on wheels. I walked over and bolted the stairs and moved them so the candidate walked off the stage right to my team first. At MNC Communications, our years in the media taught us there's always a way to move the stairs to make the best possible outcome happen for our clients.